This is the Blue White Breakdown, the premier podcast for all things Penn State football. Talk about culture. It's something that should show up in every aspect of your program. It's the Blue White Breakdown, brought to you by Penn Live. Here are your hosts, Bob Flounders and Johnny McGonigal. Penn State fans, Blue White Breakdown time. Johnny McGonigal with Bob Flounders here. 11.30 on a Tuesday. Johnny, we're, we're kind of waiting on some some news maybe involving a former Penn State head coach. We're not going to get into it because it's a very fluid situation. But the good news, Johnny, is between the Senior Bowl, East-West Shrine game, the, the upcoming Super Bowl recruiting, I know you have a series you're excited to get started on as well. There, there's a lot to get to here as we're in early February. Are you enjoying the start of Super Bowl week, sir? I am. I am, Bob. Um, you know, it was funny. You talk about Super Bowl week. Uh, the, the clip from Alshon Jeffrey ahead of the Super Bowl against the Patriots uh, resurfaced on, uh, on social media. And I saw that where, you know, a TV reporter is asking him about, you know, the weather in Minneapolis at the time. And, and he was like, we're playing inside. And so I, I picture a lot of players right now, uh, you know, ahead of Super Bowl week are, are answering some pretty ridiculous questions, uh, as is normally the case. Um, makes makes for some good content, um, some really funny stuff. But yeah, getting ready for the Super Bowl. Um, I'm uh, I'm not sure exactly what my plans are, but we'll certainly be in front of the TV. Um, I don't I don't know what what do you got going on in Harrisburg, Bob? What are you doing? Well, I will just give you one clue. I've already uh, taken Monday off, so there you go. Uh, I'm in it to win it. I'm always in it to win it on Super Bowl Sunday. Something maybe about, uh, you know, that rascal Greg Pickle. I think I might be, uh, I might be in the vicinity of uh, of maybe a house party with him watching the game. I just think I without. I know we'll get into some Penn State stuff. I know you are. Um, I feel like you're a pretty good Super Bowl props guy. I think you. It's really like uh, the game itself is great, but. The amount of props on the Super Bowl, it's just um, from the minute, starting with the national anthem till the final play of the game, whether or not it's going to be a kneel down, you could almost bet on every single play if you wanted to. I think you're pretty excited about it. I am too. But the thing about it just goes by so fast, Johnny, and then you're hit with the reality that there's no more football until your Eagles play in Brazil, which is kind of crazy. Yeah. Do you do you have a uh, do you have a pick yet for what the color Gatorade will be in the celebration bath? I used to tie my pick to the jersey of the team I think is going to win, but that doesn't really that's not really a thing. Uh, so I I am not sure. Do you have some inside info you want to share with the Penn State fans? None whatsoever. But you know it'll be on my prop sheet. I, I'm so this will not surprise you whatsoever. But I'm always the guy that's printing out. It's like the one time. Sorry, two times a year I use a printer uh, for Super Bowl prop sheets uh, and then printing out an NCAA bracket because I'm still one of those guys. I like to fill it out and get the Sharpie and the red pen and mark it off as it goes as my bracket uh, inevitably gets busted on day one. Uh, but no, I, I'm very excited for the Super Bowl props. And as I've mentioned on this podcast before, uh, anyone but the Niners. So uh, as much as as much as it pains me to root for the team that, Thwarted my Eagles last year. Uh, I will be in on Travis Kelsey and the Swifties and uh, and the Kansas City Chiefs. 
Yeah. Well, hopefully everyone that uh, is, is listening and watching this, I uh, hope you guys have great Super Bowl plans. Yeah. If you have the opportunity to take Monday off, I would recommend doing that. Hey, the game starts late. I, Johnny, I'm old enough to know that there used to be a time when the Super Bowl kicked off either mid-afternoon or sometimes early Sunday afternoon. I wasn't very old at that time, but I definitely remember that. And I thought I, I heard somebody float the idea. I don't think it's that crazy, and I would be behind it. Why not play the Super Bowl on Saturday? I I, I just think um, it's gotten later and later, and the halftime's gotten longer and longer, and people just it affects people, right? They can't you can't really go out. You got to watch it at your house or at a neighbor's, and I think it's the biggest game of the year. Why not? Why not give the fans? Um, the opportunity to watch it, you know, kind of the way they want to, like, you know, whether it's, you know, whether it's like Penn State fans going to a Penn State tailgate or tailgating before a Penn State game, you just can't do that. You know, if Penn State games were on a Sunday, how miserable do you think Penn State fans would be? There'd be a lot of rough Mondays. Um, <laughs> make the Monday after the Super Bowl a national holiday. Yeah, that, or you could do that. That's the if, if I were ever a politician, which I never will be, you would get elected. I would get elected on that on that platform alone, and I, I just I just know it. There would be there's too many people that agree with that take. Uh, yeah, so. that's, some, that's some sound sound thinking. Okay, Johnny. So let's uh let's just go kind of kind of go with what we know regarding Penn State. I don't know if you want to start with. I know they got uh, I know they got a verbal commitment over the weekend on a Sunday, of course. Um, but um, they also they also I think there were a number of former Penn State players that really um acquitted themselves well on the practice field, whether it was in Frisco, Texas for the East-West Shrine game or the Senior Bowl. I mean, there, there were quite a few Penn State players involved in both games, but maybe we should probably start with recruiting. We can get to the uh, to the former Penn State players. So let's let's focus on the future Penn State player. Yeah, no, we'll, we'll get going with recruiting and start with the, the commit that Penn State just recently got, uh, Greater Latrobe linebacker uh, Alex Tatch. Um, this is not necessarily a surprise. Alex was a high priority guy for Penn State for a while now, and uh, it seemed like he was—you know—he had he had offers from a lot of different places, uh, but it seemed like he was going. He really narrowed his focus in on some regional schools in Penn State, Pitt, uh, West Virginia, but Penn State was always on him. Terry Smith, uh, the defensive recruiting coordinator, corners coach, and most notably when it comes to this, uh, is a Pittsburgh native. Uh, and and former Al Quippen native, and, and really handles Penn State's recruiting in the western part of the state uh, to a really high level, high standard. And he was really involved in this as well. And Alex is a great player, uh, another linebacker to add to this class that already had one in DJ McClary from New Jersey. Penn State could be getting another linebacker on Wednesday, and another kid from the western part of the state, uh, Deshaun Burnett. Uh, just to put this on your radar. Uh, Penn State fans were recording this on Tuesday, close to noon. Uh, on Wednesday, uh, Deshaun Burnett, who's a four-star from Imani Christian, uh, is expected you know, to make an announcement on his commitment in Penn State. Uh, seems like the leader in the clubhouse at this point uh, in time. And so, But you look at what Penn State's class is right now. Uh, they've got uh, eight guys committed, sorry, nine guys committed now to Alex Tash, and four of them are from the western part of the state because you have Alex from you know Greater Latrobe, uh, Taquia Hayes, a running back from Aliquippa, Central Catholic uh, corner Xavier Thomas, and North Catholic uh, tight end Brady O'Hara, and that's coming off a 2024 class where they just signed 
uh, you know, Quentin Martin from Bell Vernon, the teammates at Central Catholic, and Anthony Specka and Peter Gonzalez. And so Penn State recently, I mean, they've always had a foothold in, in the Pittsburgh area, but doing a really good job now in back-to-back classes of identifying the top talent in the western part of the state and getting it done and getting it in. Everything, everything uh, you said, one hundred percent agree. I just, uh, and I'm not. So I'm just wondering what, because this consistently happens. I just wonder, honestly. Uh, you covered the team before you came. To, what does this really mean for uh, Darduzzi and Pittsburgh? It's just they're trying to. I mean, they've had some. They've had some good years under Pat. Um, they've had played some memorable games and upsets, but. Um, he, I, and I know their their recruiting approach is different, but but Johnny, if they can't if they if they can't get the best kids out of Western PA, I just don't think it bodes well for for the program long term. They have to do it differently, and and it just seems like when Penn State really wants a player from that part of the state, it's going to be really hard to deny that. Yeah, I mean, I think for Pitt, a big part of it is getting in on these guys early, and I think that's what Penn State has done a better job of recently is offering some of these players early in the process uh, because, you know, if you're Pitt and you're the hometown team and you're the first, you know, power five program to offer a hometown player that carries a lot of weight. And, you know, when I was covering the team, you know, I was covering Pitt for the post-gazette for three years, you know, talking to some of those players who did commit, you know, Pittsburgh area kids who did commit that had offers from Penn state and, and other programs in the area and throughout the country. A lot of it was, you know, the, the fact that Pitt was on them early. Uh, and so, yeah, I think Penn State has been doing a better job at that recently. Uh, I, I think the, the results kind of speak for themselves. And, and really just the consistency, too. Uh, I remember speaking to Terry Smith, you know, that's the December signing day about uh, Central Catholics specifically because you know, they brought in Gonzalez and Specka in the 24 class. And he said, that's a powerhouse. It's a school we're going to continue to recruit, and then you know, a day later, a day or two later, you had a Xavier Thomas in the twenty-five class uh, commit. So Terry Smith is just ever present there. He knows everyone, uh, and I think his presence, not only in Pittsburgh but in Philly too. And you have Deion Barnes now in Philly. I think uh, Penn State, while they are recruiting nationally, they're getting guys from Florida and up up in New England and everywhere. Uh, Wisconsin in the twenty-four class. I think just their their focus on keeping the best in PA stay in PA. That that whole mantra. I think they've been doing a really good job of that recently. Um, really, over the course of James Franklin's tenure, they've done a good job at it. But you look at the last couple of classes now, what they're building in 25 and even 2026, uh, the guys that they have who they're targeting in that class, I, I think you're going to see a lot of in-state guys stay. And one note on Pitt, too, just really quick, you look at the recruiting end of it and recruiting against Pitt or you know that recruiting rivalry. Uh, Charlie Partridge, their D-line coach, for Pitt moving on to the NFL, I think that's a big deal for Pitt. He was there for a really long time. One of the best D-line coaches in the country, arguably given the talent that he has to work with and the number of guys he put in the NFL, arguably the best D-line coach uh, in the country. Now he's off to, I believe, the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, and so that's a big loss for Pitt, um, which in turn could help Penn State when it comes to recruiting those, those D-ends and D-tackles uh, in state specifically. Johnny, we talked about Latrobe. We talked about Pitt. We're talking about Western PA. Before we pivot to uh, the former Penn Staters uh, and the and the bowl games they took part in, hypothetically, you're back in Pittsburgh. All right, Super Bowl Sunday. You're not working Monday. What what would be the one Pittsburgh bar 
was that maybe you and your buddies, if 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 you could have kind of like a comfortable, like whether it's in a back room or you could get a portion of where would you go in the food? Where would you go? The one bar in Pittsburgh, your go-to bar for an event like the Super Bowl with your buddies? Yeah, the answer would have been easy for me three, four years ago, and it would be William Penn Tavern uh, in in Shadyside. That's where I lived for a couple of years. Uh, they ended up having to be forced out and moved down to uh, to Lawrenceville. So it's not the same vibe. You know, it's not the same kind of, you know, the, the the bar seats that you would sit in for years. And I've been there well before I lived there, even considered uh, living in Pittsburgh. Um, Mario's in Shadyside is an easy spot for us because it was walkable. Shout out to uh, my old roommates, John and, and Brett, two Penn Staters, two guys who listen to the podcast, big fans of not only my work, Bob, but your work and Dave and everyone. So got to give those boys a shout out if you're going to bring them up. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So I, I would think Mario, yeah, if we were, if we were, if I was living there now, probably, probably Mario's or maybe just go to Lawrenceville and, and hit up new William Penn's Yeah. You know, I'm going to yell at Mario's the minute, the minute I get done with this podcast, I'm going to, I'm going to, cause I'm, I'm itching to get back there when it gets a little bit warmer. I've never been to Mario's. I don't think so. I'm going to be, I'm going to be yelping that for, to see what it's all about because I do, I do appreciate the suggestion and I'm always looking for better ways for me to improve my, uh, my, uh, my viewing pleasure when we're not covering football. Look, it can get a little debaucherous on like a Friday, Saturday night. I would maybe challenge accepted. Challenge accepted. But in terms of sitting at the bar, watching the game, okay. Cheap beer, good food. Yeah. That's what I'm looking for. This is the blue white breakdown. Johnny, I know, uh, Knock on wood, you have, you've uh, you've talked to uh, one of the I think if not the best one of the a short list of one of the very best at what he does when it comes to evaluating college talent <clears throat> and projecting what they might look like in the pros, even where they might fit with in a pro team. Dane Brugler of the Athletic, just tremendous. Um, I've listened to him on podcasts. I always read his stuff on the Athletic. He is. He is. It's a short list of guys that, uh, you know, that 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 know their craft um, and put in the time the way that he does. Um, you know, the, Daniel Jeremiah of NFL.com is another guy, Matt Miller of ESPN. But those guys, when they write something like that's if, if, if I see it on like a tagline, that's that's the first place I'm going just to see what their thoughts are on my Cowboys, uh, the NFCs. But also, you know, when they have some insight into maybe um, some some Penn State players. Uh, hopefully you're going to get a chance to talk to him this week, and that would be great uh, to see that on Penn Live. But um, just your thoughts on maybe Penn State's class, what you think about uh, – I think they had four four guys at the Shrine game. Uh, I think there were four at the – I think there were four at the at the Senior Bowl. But just just uh, just a couple quick t- takeaways for the Penn State fans. Uh, I know Adisa Isaac is a guy that I think really helped himself. I think all the guys – Actually, at the Shrine game, um, really helped themselves too, um, and it was a pretty diverse group. But your thoughts, just kind of on where some of the draft eligible uh, guys might be headed, um, and we're gonna—I think sooner rather than later—we're gonna learn who got invited to the combine. Yeah, Bob. Yeah, you mentioned Dane Brugler from the Athletic. Uh, scheduled to speak to him uh, to give a little, you know, insight into the listeners. By the time you're listening to this, maybe later in the week, maybe I've already interviewed him, but scheduled to talk to him Wednesday morning and. Uh, should have plenty 
plenty of really good stuff on the Penn State prospects from Dane, who uh, is one of the best uh, in the in the pre-draft you know evaluation business. He's great. Um, so, but one thing that I read from him off of the Senior Bowl, you know, we're talking about the Senior Bowl, Shrine Bowl, everything uh, that stood out to me was Theo Johnson was named one of his winners of the week at the Senior Bowl. Uh, the tight end from Penn State who declared and uh, to, you know decided to come back after the Rose Bowl in the 2022 season, but uh, ultimately decided, hey, after the 23 year, it's my time to to go to the NFL, test the waters there. And uh, I, I think he might have put himself in the conversation to be a day two guy. That's what Dane wrote. And that's what it seems like. You look at the we always knew what Theo had from a physical standpoint, the size, the speed, uh, his ability uh, to create separation and, and create those big plays whenever afforded the opportunity uh, downfield. Uh, and so I think Theo is a guy that, you know, especially, if, you know, he gets an invite to the combine, if that's the case. And uh, what's seems like he would be and and you know shows out at pro day like he seems like a guy who could really skyrocket not not necessarily into like the first round but you talk about a third round guy i think an nfl team would be really happy with him um the the top penn state prospects you know we know are olu fashnu and chop robinson neither of them were at any of the you know the um you know the all-star games olu is locked in as a first round pick if not a top five top ten guy chop you know, he could be a late first rounder, mid first rounder, could be a second rounder. Just depends on how we test out and everything, and how the, the positional fit will will roll with certain NFL teams. But you mentioned Adisa Isaac. I think he made himself a lot of money this season. You know, last year, rusty early, coming off of the injury that forced him to miss the 2021 season, uh, played really well down the stretch last year. Did it across the entire season this year, playing a lot of snaps, a lot of ball, making a lot of big plays. Uh, and he's another one, uh, Bob, that I think has made himself a lot of money already in the you know, during the 2023 season, but in the pre-draft process as, as well. And I think that's only going to continue as he you know, puts forth his best effort on the field, but also in those team interviews. Adisa is a guy that I think is really going to impress if he hasn't already. Yeah, and for the Shrine game, Johnny, I think that both the offensive linemen for Penn State that went down there, I think I, I, I uh, you know, on social media and, and you know, uh, some of the measurement measuring statistics and who they were talking to, I think that Hunter Norzad uh, and Caden Wallace both, I think, helped themselves uh, significantly. I know that Daquan Hardy and Curtis Jacobs, um, because I don't want to say that they play like they, they have, but they with their speed, um, you know. They're, they're, it's almost a specialized role for both of them. Uh, Daquan Hardy is as uh, a slot corner. That is a very specific position that not everyone can play. And as fast as he is, and as aggressive as he is, and his ability to return kicks, I feel pretty confident that Daquan Hardy is going to find a home at some point in the NFL draft. I'm not sure where, but I just remember, you know, a guy like John Reed. Uh, I think he went in the fourth or fifth round to the Texans. Um, you know, and I, I, I think there is some value. Terry Smith talked to me about the slot corner and how the NFL views it. I think there's some value there. And I think Daquan Hardy has played his way into the, into, you know, I don't know what, what round it'll be, but I'd be surprised if somebody does not spend a pick because it's, it, it is a position that it's not easy. It's not easy to play. The matchups are not always great for bigger corners. So I think he did a great job. Curtis Jacobs, his speed, like we knew. Uh, he, he he impressed some teams down there with that. He's another guy that could be a three-down linebacker, but I think in today's NFL, he's a guy that, um, as much as teams like to pass now, he's a guy that um, 
the way that he moves, he he can he can he can stay on the field as a linebacker. Whether they're going to go with two linebackers or one linebacker, I think he's. You know, I don't think I. I'd, I'd seen some stuff where he might go real late. I think he's a little bit better than that. And I think that people doubt that they've actually seen him move. <clears throat> I think he helped himself as well. So I just think for just about every Penn State uh, player that was down either in Mobile, Alabama, or Texas, I think they all really did well. I'm going to be real curious to see Johnny. How many, how many players, how many Penn State players get combine invites? I think it's going to be a pretty high number, but there's always there's always a couple probably that get overlooked. I remember you and I remember we were at uh, Penn State's Pro Day last year, and Sean Clifford was not happy to be excluded from the combine process. And he was right. You know, he he went, I think, in the fifth round to the Packers, said he was a pro. Um, and he, he, I think it motivated him. I'll just be curious. I don't, I think it's going to be a pretty high number that go to Indianapolis. What about you? Yeah, I think so too. I, I think like you mentioned the way that Daquan, Caden, Hunter performed at the Shrine Bowl, I think bodes well for them getting an invite. And, and even if they don't, uh, if they don't, I feel like they would have a case to feel aggrieved as to not getting an invite, uh, to Indy and, and we'll have a chip on their shoulder going into pro day. Two guys that, you know, will get invites to the combine that frankly, they, they have an opportunity put it this way over the next couple months, few months to re to boost their stock a bit. I think two guys who we haven't mentioned are the corners, Caitlin King and Johnny Dixon. Uh, both guys opted out of the peach bowl. Johnny Dixon was a guy that you know didn't travel with the team uh, to Atlanta. So he was never going to play in the game. Uh, Kalen traveled with the team, but ultimately uh, landed on that availability report as out right before, you know, two hours before kickoff. Uh, you know, Kalen, you know, and it, it's difficult. I don't want to make too much of clips that are shared on Twitter uh, because we weren't in Mobile to watch every rep that Kalen and Johnny had. So I don't want to make too much of those. But some of the clips were less than flattering for both of those guys, you know, in one on one, you know, coverage on those drills. Uh, Kalen got beat off the line pretty easily on one of them, you know, touchdown catch over him on another one. Johnny Dixon had, had one that didn't go his way and, and Dixon ended up pulling up with an injury. Uh, I think it was reported by NFL.com. It was like a glute injury that wasn't considered to be serious, but he had to bow out of the senior bowl and didn't play in the game. Uh, and so I think the, those two guys who I thought Kalen in 2022 specifically and Johnny Dixon this past year. Both guys played really well in man-to-man coverage and were so integral in what Manny Diaz and Penn State's defense wanted to do over the last two seasons uh, that the post, the, the pre-draft process hasn't gone their way right now. And I think w- with invites to the combine, with pro day, with meetings with teams, you know, private workouts, because those are a big part of it as well. I think both those guys over the next few months before we get to April, what is it, April 15th is the draft or whatever, before we get to that point. Uh, both of them will be kind of on a, you know, on a course or, you know, be be really pushing uh, to improve their stock right now. Especially you look at Kalen. I mean, he came into the 2023 season as a preseason All-American after ranking second in the FBS in 2022 and past breakups. And I think he only finished two on, on the season. And so, you know, some room for improvement for both those guys. Yeah. And I, I do think that corner is, is uh, in terms of athleticism, it's the hardest position I think in the in, it doesn't matter NFL college whatever to be to, to the athleticism uh, and the aggressiveness and and the confidence that you need to play that position against really 
you know, free the the the, the athletes that are, pl- that are playing wide out right now. Uh, there's there's they're freaks, but they're moving forward. You're moving backward, and uh, you know it's 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 just a very very challenging position. It's not for the faint of heart. You can be a great athlete, but that doesn't make you a great corner if you don't have your confidence and you don't you know and, you, and you're not a physical player. So the they, you got to really be able to put it all together, and those guys have. Um, at various times during Penn State, but the microscope and the scrutiny right now, um, it's it's pretty intense. And and the NFL, it's it, the NFL. They're gonna they're gonna they're gonna ask them some tough questions, and they're gonna they're gonna try and get to the bottom of it. But they both at Penn State, Kalen in twenty twenty two, even in even even for most of twenty twenty three, you know he was you know he was he was a second team All Big Ten, you know All Big Ten corner. I think he was an All American candidate. In 2022, and Johnny, I think came as far as anyone I can remember, considering he was a transfer portal guy who just got better and better uh, from South Carolina each year at Penn State. So I think they're they're both going to be at the combine, Johnny, and I do think that it probably behooves them to maybe have a better better couple of days in Indianapolis, maybe than they did in Mobile. But you know what? I just remember a guy like Rasheed Walker. at the end of his Penn State career, where he was a little banged up, didn't play in the bowl game, and he was a he was a blue chip recru- recruit in that 2018 Penn State class, and he might have played his best football in 2019 for Penn State. But you don't know what, like you said, you don't know what was going on up there. You don't know how healthy he was. Lasted until the seventh round, um, and Green Bay took him, basically redshirted him, and you know, watching him in the playoffs against Dallas and then against San Francisco. It's going against some good players, and they were not doing they, – they couldn't really do anything with Rashid. I guess it's, it's a long way of saying, Johnny, that um, I think the pedigree of those players is, is what it is, and they just got to go to the right team, and they got to just be in the right – you know, they got to be healthy. And I think, I think if they are, I think they, they're certainly guys that can play in the NFL. Johnny, I know we got to let you go pretty soon. You got some interviewing to do um, for some Penn Live stories. But real quick – just give me one prop bet you're paying attention to. I'm not going to put your feet to the fire. And if 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 you were going to bet the game itself, whether it's the total or one side, I know anyone but the Niners. But sometimes you got to bet with your head. I don't know. I'm surprised they're favored, quite frankly. But where are you leaning, and what's your prop bet? Well, I'm taking the Chiefs, and because <laughs> anything but the Niners. Because <laughs> anything but the Niners. No, but I, I, honestly, like I, I picked the Ravens to beat the Chiefs in the AFC Championship game. And within my reasoning, within within our conversation, I was saying it feels crazy to bet against Patrick Mahomes. And I did it. I'm not going to do it again. I'm just, you know, when, when Patrick Mahomes is in the Super Bowl, I found out last, found out last year how difficult that can be, uh, is beating that guy on that stage. Uh, that it, it comes down to as simple as that. Prop bet-wise, it's one that I've, I've been on all year, uh, and it's Christian McCaffrey rushing and receiving. That you can find it on a lot of books, a lot of uh, combined yardage. Yep, yep, combined yardage. That's I think it's like the safest thing in the world. Knock on wood. God, I hope I didn't just mush that. Uh, <laughs> probably, probably did. If he plays the majority of the game, he's going to get his. He it doesn't really matter. He's just too talented to not. There's going to be a couple times in the game where he's just going to get loose, and it's because of it's not going to be because of the defense not playing well. It's just because it's just because of him being that good. Another cheeky one, though, because they rotate this guy in like every few series just to give 
you know, Christian McCaffrey a breather, Elijah Mitchell anytime touchdown. Yep. I'm, not sure, I'm not sure what the odds are on that, but uh, it will it will warrant a little dart uh, for me, definitely. You know, especially on the Kansas City side, I feel like I feel like somebody on Kansas City is going going to score a touchdown because you know once you get past Kelsey and Pacheco, um, they're they're going to they're going to gain three hundred and fifty or four hundred yards of offense. Somebody that's not a big name is gonna is gonna is gonna go off a little bit, and if you can just identify who that skilled player is, you're gonna get great odds on them. I might just sprinkle some money on whether it's whether it's the what is it Blake Bell the tight end, whether it's MVS. He he has a knack for showing up in big games. I don't even know if Kadarius Tony is playing. I think I'm gonna stay away from that guy. I I wouldn't be surprised if a guy like Rasheed Rice though. Um, yeah. Every once in a while, you can't stop him, and he's a guy. If the price is right, whether for a touchdown or for for a yardage total, I think I would probably look at it as well. Maybe Justin Watson. Yeah, a number of times, Bob, over the last two years or so, where I've had Travis Kelsey to score a touchdown, and Justin Watson scores, and I'm like, oh, it's Kelsey, and and it's not. It's a, a different receiver with the you know eight in front, and it's like, oh, is that 87? No, it's 84. Justin Watson. Maybe a little Justin Watson, Elijah Mitchell. You just just put like your mortgage on it, and then, and then you just go retire on an island somewhere. That that'd be nice. Yeah, Drinking uh, icy light mango. If I have Precis- it right. Precisely. <laughs> All right, guys, we got we got to go. Johnny's got to get to some uh, some interviews. Look for his stuff on Pen Live. It's it's uh, he's got some. Gr- he's going to talk. Hopefully, he's going to talk to Dame Brugler. I don't want to jinx that either. But Johnny, enjoy the Super Bowl. Uh, we'll be back. I know next week there's a chance. Uh, I don't know when we're going to talk next week, but there, there's a chance I believe Penn State's going to have some uh, availability. Like, I don't want them to pull the rug out from under us, but from from what we're hearing, I think we're going to get a, an audience with some Penn State coaches and some Penn State players, and we can share that with uh, the Penn State fans. You guys, enjoy the Super Bowl. Johnny, enjoy all your prop bets. Thank you, Bob. This has been the Blue White Breakdown, brought to you by Penn Live. <laughs>